0: Lob Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit, the guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Ambition, ambition, ambition,
1: ambition,
0: He did a dream, a dream, that was harder to live Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream a dream that was harder at live. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna let me for my Welcome on into the show. It is a Monday, November second, two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, we're in November now, people. We are in the month of November, and it is getting to that point in time where the NBA season is starting to take full effect. The Hooper's Log is in full effect. I'm here today with Andrew Norris. We'll get to him in just a moment. Uh, CMO Buckets is my name. My website is cmobuckets.com. Again, if you're listening in live to the Hooper's Log right now, feel free to call in. The phone number is 323-642-1558. This is the first edition of the daily editions of the Hooper's Log. We will be doing daily shows from now all the way until the NBA playoffs. So all the way from now until April. Now, again, life takes its toll. And if we have to take a day off, it will happen. Or if for some reason we have, you know, if we just don't have a show, it's going to happen from time to time. But we are scheduled to have daily shows every day, Monday through Friday, from here until the NBA playoffs begin. And then from there on, we'll restructure. We might even restructure during the all-star break. Who knows? but we'll figure it out by then. Again, we're going to have shirts and beanies on the website, CMOBuckets.com. It will happen eventually. Believe me, it will happen eventually. Um, and, again, if you're listening live, the phone number, 323-642-1558. The show, this will not be on the app podcast. I believe we're going to do the, the, the podcast show we'll do for this week will be the one on Thursday because this Thursday – we will have a jazz insider the show will be a little bit early on th- thursday it'll be 10 p.m. T- excuse me 10 a.m. pacific uh 1 p.m. eastern time we will do the show on thursday and on that thursday show we will be talking jazz heavy jazz basketball as the early part of the season has begun and probably America's dark horse in the Utah Jazz we'll be talking about them but first let's get to a weekend preview andrew how's it going man
1: Hey, man, it's it's going good. First week of basketball is over with. It was exciting. You know, my Pistons went 3-0, as I'm going to repeatedly say until they lose. But, you know, it's just good that basketball is finally really bad.
0: Yeah, one of two teams in the Eastern Conference are undefeated, and the Detroit Pistons are hanging out there at the top spot. It is very early again, as we said, day day six of the NBA season today, and the Detroit Pistons are at the top spot, 3-0, and Toronto Raptors were right there behind them at 3-0. And then you got what? You got three teams in the, in the Western Conference that are three and O in Oklahoma City, Los Angeles, Golden State. Some good quality games this week, this weekend, starting on Friday. We'll get to that in just a moment. And the funny thing is, is if you look at the standings, all bottom teams that are out of the out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, except for the Boston Celtics, who got one victory over the weekend. <laughs> Everyone else is winless: uh, Philadelphia, Orlando, Charlotte, Indiana, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Uh, so, there's a lot of work to be done in the Eastern Conference. Andrew, you get ready to get this going to talk about this weekend? Let's do it. Our first weekend recap. Talk about Let's get it going. All right, all right,
1: right. going to learn today.
0: Obviously, holiday weekend, uh, Halloween weekend was this weekend. I hope you all were safe. Again, if you're listening live to the show, 323 642. One five five eight is the number again. FanDuel, you're, in, you're inside the FanDuel studio here. BlogTalkRadio.com, listening to the Hoopers Log through CLNS Radio, the power of CLNS Radio and BlogTalkRadio.com/slash The Hoopers Log again. Weekend recap, our first one of the season. Regular season is in the books. Friday, Miami lost to Cleveland. They got their second victory of the season. Cleveland one hundred two to ninety two. They are now a, a team that looks like they're, they're they're solidified. This was one of the key games to watch for on Friday night as Cleveland got the victory. They beat the Miami Heat on ESPN on a live television, uh, you know, in front of a live audience. It was outstanding. We're going to get to the key game, the big matchup in Orlando in just a moment because, as you know, that was the that was the biggest game of the night. Just from a performance perspective, entertainment perspective, all sorts of perspectives. It was a classic game, a game that should be played on NBA TV for years to come. It was that incredible. Uh, Toronto and Boston, obviously Boston got the loss. Toronto's undefeated. They're three and 113 to one oh three. Boston is struggling a little bit out the gates. They're one and two as you saw, as you know in the standings. Another key game that happened was Chicago and Detroit. That was an overtime game. One whiteboard worthy performance. We had we had ten this weekend. We had ten whiteboard worthy performances. Two of those were star worthy performances and I'll get, I'll break those down again today later on. But I give automatic whiteboard-worthy performances to those who get 20-plus rebounds,
1: and Andre Drummond
0: had an outstanding performance in that one as Detroit got the win over Chicago, 98-94 to 94 in overtime. And, yes, Jimmy Butler played an outstanding game. But Andre Drummond, again, showing his improvement throughout the offseason, 20 points, 20 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. This guy was all over the basketball court in that one and needing so for this team to really step up and take the victory. Again, Detroit 3-0. and on this early portion of the season, one of those wins was last night, or should I say Friday night, in a win over the uh, Chicago Bulls in Detroit. Charlotte and Atlanta, Atlanta getting another victory. 97-94, another close one there. Atlanta getting the victory again, moving on forward, just kind of going about their business like they always do. It seems like just like day in and day out like they did last year. Washington and Milwaukee, again, Milwaukee's under uh, – they don't have a win. And Washington's kind of stepping up and playing a pretty good role as a, as a, as a potential team to play in the postseason down the road. Washington wins one eighteen to one thirteen again. Milwaukee coming out the gates a little struggling, but I think they're going to be okay coming down the stretch. Jason Kidd will get them right and hopefully get them into a potential uh, battle for a playoff spot. Brooklyn and San Antonio. No one saw this. No, I think everyone saw this coming. Brooklyn losing one hundred two to seventy five to San Antonio. San Antonio just laying down the throttle against Brooklyn uh, on Friday night. Minnesota, Denver again. Minnesota looking really good, ninety-five to seventy-eight over Denver. Uh, again, Minnesota is a team that, again, coming into this season, we all expected them to come out with a little bit of fire, considering the loss of their head coach. They're two and zero. They look good. They look like a team that you know they can compete for the bottom spot in the Western Conference. Again, that's saying a lot considering the West is stacked. But again, you get off to a hot start in the in, early on in the season, and good things can happen for you. We've seen it with teams in the last couple of years. And Minnesota, if they just keep hanging around, who knows? This is a young bunch where if they get confidence, they can be scary. Golden State in a key game against against Houston, a rematch of the Western Conference Finals. Golden State getting a 20-point victory. Houston's 0-3. Who would have saw this coming? Houston with the talent they have and the team they have surrounded around them. 0-3 at the bottom of the Western Conference right now. Again, they've played some tough teams. I'm not going to sit here and say they haven't. But Golden State, 112 to 92 an absolutely dominant performance against Steph Curry going off. I believe he had like 27 points in that one. He had an outstanding game. Los Angeles Lakers and the Sacramento Kings against Sacramento. They played outstanding. They dominated the Los Angeles Lakers, 132 to 114. Uh, I forgot to mention a. I forgot to, to mention a whiteboard worthy performance that I just skipped over. And this is probably the benchmark for what a whiteboard whiteboard worthy performance would look like. It's an overall of a 50. Carl Anthony Towns, 28 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, and four blocks. A 50. He got an exact 50 on that one. Two two assists would equal four points overall. 28, obviously 28. So you had three to that. You had four to that. That's 32. 14, that's 48. And then you actually, excuse me, you had 14 to that. That's 30. That's 46. And then you had four blocks. So that's Carl Anthony Towns for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the reason why they dominated against Denver. 95-78. Again, repeating that score. And then Phoenix getting the win over Portland, 110-92. to Portland finally starting to show their true colors of the basketball squad. But first, we have the game that we're going to talk about from the weekend in the biggest game from the weekend between the Magic and the Thunder. Here's your little clip of what happened in that game in the final couple minutes in overtime. In-down the guy is the most dangerous guy. They're going to run it down to the end. Yes, before sure they it. get the last shot. You want to win it
1: or go to overtime? Oladipo, long shot. He drills it. Pure magic! They don't have timeouts. You've got to be ready to play defense. Westbrook! Oh, oh they no,
0: You've got to no be kidding Oh, my goodness. Still time on the clock. Oh. Stunning. Absolutely stunning! Banking in a three. No timeouts left. Westbrook ties it up. Possession by end of the Magic.
1: for oh, Payton. Oh, 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 oh. Cross court. Oladipo cannot find an opening. Now fires. He got it. He drilled it.
0: was the probably the, obviously the game of the weekend by far. I watched this game. I rewatched it on NBA league pass, which if you haven't gotten by now, you're crazy because you're listening to this show. You need to get NBA league pass. It's outstanding. This was a, the perfect example of a game to rewatch on NBA League Pass. Double overtime, Oklahoma City 139 to 136 over Orlando in Orlando. There seemed to be a lot of Oklahoma City fans there from the standpoint of just maybe just there people are a lot of Russell Westbrook fans because why not? Why why wouldn't you like Russell Westbrook the guy is unbelievable on the basketball court. And if you watch this game from the beginning of the fourth quarter all the way to the very end when they got to the double overtime, you saw the reason why Russell Westbrook is potentially the MVP of the league. A star-worthy performance, any star-worthy performance is 70 points on the, on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale above uh, 70 points instead of 50. So anything above 70 is star-worthy. Russell Westbrook had one of those the other night in that game in the Oklahoma City-Orlando game. West, Russell Westbrook, 48 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists, 75 on the scale And you talk about a guy where when you watch this game again, Oklahoma City was down 18, 20 points coming into the fourth quarter. It looked like Orlando had it in the bag. It was one of those games where you're sitting there watching like, wow, Orlando is really, really talented. And they're young. They've got it all put together. Scott Skiles has really got something special going. And then the magic of Kevin Durant, who, by the way, had a whiteboard worthy performance. A ho-hum, 43 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, and Two blocks, a monster double-double from Kevin Durant, 61 on the whiteboard with the performance scale, and Victor Oladipo, no big deal as you just heard, who hit both those that that take the lead in the regulation, and obviously Russell Westbrook ruined it by getting that three-pointer, which was unbelievable, and then he hit that game tire to tie it up to go back to a double overtime in the first overtime. Victor Oladipo, first triple-double of the season in the NBA. 21 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. He also had three steals with that, putting together a 57 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. And by the way, anyone who gets a triple-double is an automatic whiteboard-worthy performance, whether it's 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 points. It's an automatic whiteboard-worthy performance because triple-doubles are hard to come by. Again, as you heard, Russell Westbrook. And what's crazy is in those 48 points, if you watch this game, he had a pedestrian 17- 18 points heading into the fourth quarter. Then the guy all of a sudden turned into, I'm telling you, I, I think Russell Westbrook got went into the phone booth. There were multiple times where I got out of my seat because I saw Russell Westbrook make some moves on NBA defenders, and he put them in the dust. And he, I'm telling you, this guy is like no talent we've seen since, I'm just going to say it, since the likes of Kobe Bryant in his prime, since LeBron James when he played against the, Sorry, Andrew, but against the Pistons back in 07 since Michael Jordan. This is what Russell Westbrook put on last night, or should I say Friday. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable game. Andrew, what did you think of this ball game, and what did you think of the performance of, of these three guys in Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and Victor Oladipo?
1: Well, the this game showed you how scary Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are. Um, you know, they combined for 91 points. 23 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, 8 eight turnovers, 7 fouls combined. It's just one thing that, that, you know, kind of takes away from this game and just looking at it, Kevin Durant went out there and played 54 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, that's ridiculous to me. You can't – like I've said over and over and over and over, seven-footers or near seven-footers with foot injuries often don't ever recover. You can't have this guy playing 54 minutes in his second game back. You just can't. Right. I mean, Russell Westbrook's going to play 48 minutes. I mean, that, he, he averaged close to 40 minutes last year. That's going to happen. That's something you're not going to take away. But for somebody who's had as much injury trouble as Durant, and I know Westbrook has too, you can't have him play 54 minutes. Cole Depot, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, only 8 for 27 from the field. But he had such more of an impact than just his number yeah. showed can go, and, you know, Westbrook dropped 48, and Durant dropped 43, but you look at Roberson. Roberson played 19 minutes. A lot of that, you know, he, he had zero points. A lot of that time guarded by Victor Oladipo. Dion Waiters only had three points. A lot of his time guarded by Victor Oladipo. And, and strangely enough, in this game, the best combination of players for the Oklahoma City Thunder to have on the court was Dion Waiters and DJ Augusty. Yeah, They had a combined plus-minus of 48 compared to yeah. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook's combined plus-minus of five. Just think about that. With And I know plus-minus is not exact, and it's not saying it's a relative I'm not sad. saying beyond waiters and DJ Augustine are better than Durant and Westbrook by any stretch. Obviously, it's not close, but it's just it, these type of things are strange to see when you wonder, well, are two players taking 66 shots in a game combined not good for that team? It really makes you think about it. But, I mean, the Magic, Tobias Harris dropped 30. They had four out of their five starters drop at least 21 points. Victor Oladipo had a triple-double, probably had behind Kevin Durant and Westbrook had the best game on the floor and still had the fourth most points on that Orlando Magic team. I mean, we saw Alfred Payton go out there and hit two threes. Tobias Harris, you know, 10 for 12 from the line, 30 points. It's just, this This team is scary. Uh, Mario Hazonia only played 14 minutes, only had three points, but when he's out there, you can tell he's just kind of got that feel of a good NBA player, somebody who's going to really be something in this league. That game was one of the most, that game is probably going to end up being the game of the year, and it happened on October 30th. You know, it's just, yeah. it took away, yeah. any game that surpasses that is going to have to be one of the greatest games in NBA history. I mean, that that was a special yeah. game. A lot of people are saying, why would Russell Westbrook, even though he made it, why would he shoot that with three seconds left? And what I was trying to explain to people was, and and so many people need to start thinking, you know, the whole thing through. Uh, You know, a lot of this is just people who like to knock Russell Westbrook. But the reason he would take that shot, and this is for a circumstance if he missed it, is with three and a half seconds left, he had four guys swarming him to foul him. They are down three. He gets the shot off before they can foul and makes it. If right. they foul, that's three seconds left. They have to get a guy fouled and then make a whole nother shot. It's not happening. Russell Westbrook, that that just shows a basketball IQ that's off the charts in, in ways that people don't appreciate and really need to start appreciating. Plays like that.
0: There were a couple of plays, too. I was watching the game. As I said, I was watching the replay on NBA League Pass. And, again, if you don't have it, you better get it because – Tonya telling you, this game by itself is worth the league pass, which I know is an excruciating $200, but believe me, this game, you saw some things that Billy Donovan's implementing into this team in Oklahoma City, and let me tell you, you mentioned the IQ of Russell Westbrook. There is a guy on the court where who his explosiveness takes care of itself, but I saw a couple of plays where there were a couple of mismatches that Russell Westbrook had on the block in the fourth quarter against Tobias Harris or some other big players, maybe even Vucevic, I, I forget, but there was a Excuse me. <clears throat> there was a matchup on the down low when he was down low facing a big man and he just straight up fouled him. He said, You know what? I got a foul to give. I have a mismatch here. We're down by ten. I'm gonna just take it because our our momentum is there. I'm just gonna make the smart foul and I'm just gonna live for another day and play defense. And what do you know? The next play when they when they inbound the, the ball, they make a steal and they go down the court and get some points. They get their momentum back. They played this game smart to come back. Now I agree with you. Being down eighteen to a team like the Orlando Magic where I'm not going to knock the Orlando Magic. I think they're outstanding. They're not there yet. Oklahoma City is. And you mentioned Deion Waiters and uh, DJ Augustine. This bench, they played very efficient in that game. And from what I've seen so far in this season, especially when they played San Antonio in the first game of the year, they are a very efficient bench. And if that's all they need to do to come in and be efficient and help these two guys out, which I know they're not carrying the entire team. They have Serge Ibaka. They have Enos Kanter, who, by the way, Enos Cantor, you talk about a guy who, efficient, was outstanding. He was good in that game. The problem was, outside of the efficiency standpoint, this guy was racking up fouls left and right. I mean, you talk about just horrible, horrible management of your fouls in this game. Enos Cantor displayed that full-on display. Now, I know the game went to double overtime, and I know they eventually won. But, man, you talk about a guy who cost this team some valuable seconds and minutes and, and portions of the game where he just kind of just said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to foul out anyway, why not? It, it, dude, you're a valuable part of this team, and for you to kind of just mope around the field, the court and act like that, I mean, I, I don't know what happened late in the ball game when he already had five fouls, but, I mean, geez, you can't have, you, like you said, you can't have Kevin Durant playing 50-plus minutes. You can't have Russell Westbrook carrying your team every single night. I know Russell Westbrook's an MVP candidate, but he's proven that he can't do it by himself. You, you can't just go out there and be like, oh, it's just another game. No, you, you had a chance to win this game, and, and they did. They won it, but to win it earlier, they could have done so if Enos Cantor would have stepped up and played a better brand of game. Anything else to say from the Friday games, Andrew, before we move on to Halloween on Saturday? uh, You know, a
1: couple, just a couple of quick bulletins. One, my Pistons and Andre Drummond look legit. Two, The Cavaliers are by far not even close to the best team in the Eastern Conference. And three, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I still don't know how to say it, went for 27-9 and on Friday, which was awesome to see. Dropped 21, I believe, in the first half. Uh, You know, he's really starting to grow into his body, and he looks scary on a basketball court. There were
0: a couple of dunks he made this weekend that were just unbelievable, just crazy dunks. And uh, yeah, like you said, if he starts growing into his body, he's going to be a scary player. Utah Jazz. Again, we're going to be talking about the Utah Jazz on Thursday here on November fifth. We'll be talking with uh, we'll be talking with a guy from the Utah Jazz, and we'll be getting some information from him, some inside scoop on what the Jazz looked like. He goes to their shootarounds. He's he's a really an insider. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Jazz. We'll talk to him on Thursday, but. They looked really good this weekend when they played the Indiana Pacers and people are kind of getting on the Pacers of them starting off slow, they're 0 and 3, but they're still trying to figure out their team. They are. They're they're new. I mean, when Paul George came back, this team is completely different. They're not the same team they were before, but they lost. Utah Jazz got the win, 97-76, and and that was, you know, Utah's kind of gotten off to a good start. I mean, the Utah Jazz Currently are two and one. They're looking good. There's a lot of other teams in the Western Conference that are looking good, and it's still early. But Utah just dominating a team like Indiana goes to show you that. Day. I mean, seriously, they can hang. They can hang with the best of them. They're doing a good job from that perspective. And then the, the Knicks beating the Washington. What's up?
1: Who who'd that loss come to for the for the Jazz? Who'd that loss come to? I can't seem to remember.
0: That loss, who did they lose to? Uh, I believe that loss came from the Detroit Pistons. Pistons, <laughs> uh, Detroit. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and, and again, the undefeated Pistons—they're at the top of the Eastern Conference. It's Game six, day six of the NBA season. It's it's early, <laughs> but again, and something to be excited for in Detroit. Um, but there's another team that needs to get jacked up, and that's the New York Knicks. Two and one right now, and one of those victories came on Saturday on Halloween where Carmelo Anthony had a whiteboard worthy performance as the Knicks win 117 to 110. And I think how Carmelo is being utilized on this team is Perfect right now this team finally has a system in place where they can get something going and get something to the rack and he's just a guy that can implement his scoring and when he's on you're talking about a guy that becomes one of the more lethal powerhouses and not that he already is but he becomes even more lethal if the team plays well around him and I'm not saying it's just all him I'm just saying when he gets the ball and can do what he does with the basketball from a one-on-one perspective you're looking at a guy that can absolutely just lead his team to a very very good season. And you're looking at again beating a Washington Wizards team on the road in Washington minute uh excuse me Mello. He had a 52 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. So he just barely got it, but he got it. 37 points, 7 rebounds and 4 assists. That's all you need for Mello. 35 points. You get 35 points from Mello and everyone else steps up around him, which they did. You're going to win most games than not. That's just kind of how it works. But when Mello's off, you're looking at a team that again is a 20 25-win team at best. But if Melo can score his 35 and that team can step up, you're looking at a team that really can play with the best of them and maybe not – obviously not be a contender in the East, but they can contend for a potential eighth spot. And if, and if, and if they keep playing like this, then sure, absolutely they have a chance. But, again, it's, it's early. Who knows? Melo will probably break down like he always does over the past couple of seasons. But as of now, the Knicks are 2-1, and one. something to be excited for there at the Mecca in Madison Square Garden. Golden State, star – Worthy performance, the number one performance of the year so far in the first week of the NBA season. Steph Curry, Golden State playing New Orleans again, this time in New Orleans. New Orleans is 0-3. They got a lot of injuries. They're not looking good. It's okay. It's early. It's young. It's early in the season. Once they get their players back, look out. Anthony Davis is going to be fine. Anthony Davis, by the way, whiteboard worthy performance, 51 on the whiteboard worthy performance skill. 26 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, and two blocks, but that was completely overshadowed by the Golden State Warriors who won 134 to 120 and Steph Curry. 53 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds and 4 steals. He could have just had 53 and 9 and that all by itself would have been a 71. But no, he had to go out and he had to get 4 rebounds and 4 more steals. This guy was all over the basketball court. He absolutely was a terror on Halloween of 2015. He absolutely scared the living daylights out of the new Orleans Pelicans. And I think he's proven his point that he is a legitimate MVP in this league and might be a potential, uh, follow-up if he does. So again, uh, keeps do- doing those things this year again, 53 points, nine assists, full rebounds and four steals a star worthy performance by Steph Curry. So close to getting an 80. And last year, I think our highest one was an 87. So if he gets anything above that, I- I- I'm just going to put it at this. Anything above a 90 is legendary. And when you're above a ninety, that's a legendary score. Anything above seventy is definitely star worthy. That was by far a star worthy performance by Steph Curry. Brooklyn and Memphis. Memphis got the win, one hundred one to ninety one. Memphis again is coming up a little bit, a little bit tough. They're playing a little, little difficult right now, but they are two and one hanging around in the Western Conference. Obviously, it's early. Phoenix and Portland, uh, star worthy. Excuse me, whiteboard worthy performance in that one. Eric Bledsoe, thirty three points, six assists, four steals. Three rebounds and two blocks for for Eric Bledsoe in a Phoenix 101-90 win over Portland as they play the back-to-back and they get those two games out of the way. And then Sacramento and Los Angeles, Los Angeles Clippers. Blake Griffin, he went off. DeAndre Jordan went off too. He had like something like 25. He had something like like 18 rebounds and 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 like like 15 points and like seven blocks or something stupid. It's not quite whiteboard worthy. If he would have had 20 rebounds, he guaranteed he'd be up there, but. He didn't quite get the point total to really even be mentioned, but he did have an outstanding game, and obviously the wins to of Jordan in that Sacramento game is obviously the Clippers win, 114-109. Blake Griffin did get a whiteboard with performance. He had 60 on the scale. He had 37 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Look, uh, Andrew said it in his prediction which is up, by the way. Our prediction show is finally up on the app, if you haven't heard already. It's finally up on the app. You can go listen to it. Go up. Go download the CLNS app today and get it done. Um, but he said it in his prediction. Blake Griffin is an MVP candidate, he might even think he's MVP. Look, I watched I, – I heard this game. I saw Blake Griffin play a couple of times this season when I was at work um, already early on. And this guy, if he plays this way the rest of the year, just lock it up. Just lock it up because the way he's playing, and they even said it on the telecast, they said it on the radio. They've said it everywhere I've heard when it comes to the media, when it comes to the NBA. Blake Griffin is playing this way at a very easy clip. This is a, this is a, this is a cruise control Blake Griffin right now, and he's playing at a rate where he's going to probably have 37 and 10 every freaking night, it seems like. Maybe not 37, but 27 and 8 every single night. And then you add on the fact that he's getting assists on top of that, that's a lethal weapon. That is something we haven't seen since the likes of Shaq, Tim Duncan, you name the big time, big time, big men in the NBA, and Blake Griffin's putting it together at an easy clip. I'm talking like this is this is just normal stuff for Blake Griffin right now. He's not overdoing anything. He's not putting together unbelievable performances like Russell Westbrook getting jumping out of his shoes to play a great game. He's just playing within the system, and he's still playing at an MVP level. He's playing at that level, people. And if you watch this game the other night, Blake Griffin just. Absolutely took control of the basketball game. Again, 37 points, 9 rebounds, and it didn't seem like it came hard to him. It seemed like it was just a natural flow of the game. If he can keep doing that, you're looking at a guy that might win MVP. And he, again, obviously wiped over the performance. 37 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals with a 60 overall. Andrew, anything from the Halloween games? Oh, yeah, a couple guys to look out for. Well, one guy to look out for, one guy that has really
1: looked good so far. First guy. Kristaps Porzingis has looked very good so far, averaging over 11 points, over six rebounds, um, over a steal. You know, he's looked comfortable on the basketball court. He's, You know, a few times there's been these, these true NBA athletes who have come and body, bodied him up. But that's something he's got to grow into, and that's something we expected. I mean, he's like a 200-pound seven-footer. That, that's all going to come. He's still extremely young, but he's he looks comfortable on the basketball court. And that's what I think you were really looking for this year. But the guy to really look out for, I mean, Bradley Beal, so far this year, he has 24.6 rebounds, 26.3 rebounds, 26.4 rebounds. He's averaging over 25 points on 47% shooting. And, man, does he look lethal. He looks confident. He's finally healthy, Um, you know, and and he's, aided by Sean Wall at his backside, who's averaging 22 points, seven assists, four rebounds. Oh, and by the way, almost three blocks a game. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous for a point guard. But, you know, you go across Blake Griffin looks great. I mean, he's shooting 65, and it's not the Blake Griffin we've seen in, you know, the early parts of his career. That mid-range jumper looks good. He looks comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's going in. It's Jared. going in frequently. Uh, you know, the, The Grizzlies Grizzlies don't look too good, but, you know, that's a team that's probably going to figure it out a lot of veterans. You know, the Jazz really put their imprint uh, in when they played the Pacers. They showed how scary they can be defensively, holding Indiana to 76 points. Not only that, the leading rebounder on the Pacers was George Hill. He only had six rebounds. I mean, this, this Utah Jazz team, when they really get it going defensively, they are scary. Um, another thing I noticed from that L.A. Clippers against the Sacramento Kings game is we spoke uh, in in the preview shows about how the Clippers bench could give them some problems, um, and and man did it in this game. This game was a five point game, but the starters plus minuses. Listen to these; I'll go through. Chris Paul plus nineteen, Blake Griffin plus twenty three, DeAndre Jordan plus twenty four, JJ Redick plus fifteen, Lance Stevenson, plus plus twenty. But then you go to their bench: Jamal Crawford minus 11, Paul Pierce minus 18, Austin Rivers minus 17, Josh Smith minus 17, Wesley Johnson minus 13. I mean, that is that is bad. The Clippers, the Clippers starters made it seem when they were on the floor like this was going to be a 30 point blowout, and then the bench would come in and let them come back and stay in the game. Um, you, you know, the the Kings do look look pretty good. Willie Cauley Stein looks comfortable. DeMarcus Cousins is averaging a smooth twenty-two and eleven. Uh, ben Ben McLemore is, you know, not not playing good at all. But even with that, they've they've competed and looked good. Um, the Warriors are the Warriors. The Warriors dominate. You know, it's the same old thing. Um, you know, every game I watch, it's just I'm thinking is not karma because you know they haven't done anything wrong, but it's something bad going to ever hit this team. Are they ever going to have an off-shooting night? Are they ever going to have an injury to one of their, you know, main three or four guys? And not that I would ever wish that upon them, but it would be very interesting to see how that team functions without all their star pieces. But but Saturday, the Halloween games, well, I didn't get to watch them as much as I would like to, spending some time with some family, the girlfriend, all that. But, you know, from what I did get out of them, it was a very entertaining night of basketball. Not the buzzer-beater-type games we were used to seeing. The Knicks looked good. The Wizards even in a loss looked good. But, you know, it, it was definitely an exciting Saturday of basketball, even without the close games.
0: Well, even to answer your thing real quick, and if you want to call in, if you're listening live, 323-642-1558 3, 3, 5, 5, here on the Hooper's Log, blogtalkradio.com slash the Hooper's Log here in the FanDuel studio. If you'd like to call in and talk about some basketball over this last weekend, feel free to do so. Um, but to answer your point again, and I've mentioned this before, but about the Golden State Warriors, I feel like we've seen – I feel like we've seen a team, this team before, go through what it's like to have injuries. I mean, just look at the year before they won the title. Steph Curry was hurt quite a bit. Mark Jackson had to deal with a lot of guys who were hurt. Um, when this team is hurt, they have they have run into some issues. And luckily, like you've said, uh, I think luckily they have not run into those issues yet, but that's all to be seen. It, it just seems like every single year there's one team that goes through a serious injury. And last year was the year where the team that didn't get hurt won at all and they got a lot of breaks, and a lot of teams they played were hurt going down the postseason. And I'm not trying to sit here and say they got lucky, but it, they took advantage of what they had given to them, and fortunately, they were the team that came out on top. And um, if they run into some serious injuries, which I've just seen, uh, Andrew Bogut consider, uh, has a concussion right now, you know, you're looking at some small things, and, and those small things will impact the team. And I think they're going to be fine. I think Golden State's still going to be a 50-win team. I think they're going to be fine going into the postseason this year. But, again, like you said, they can't rely on Steph Curry scoring 50 points a night to do, to win games. You can't do that. And if you're going to have him try and score half your team's production, good luck with that because it's just not going to work. It's not going to happen today's NBA when how, with how small he is and with some more physical teams that he has to play in the Western Conference. It's just to rely on him all the time. I mean, it, it, they didn't need to last year, but this year – it seems like they might have to uh more often than not. Okay. Let's go to the let's go to the Sunday games before we uh we get into some college basketball. College basketball starts next Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday. Friday the thirteenth. Yes, Friday the thirteenth. You thought Halloween was over. Well it'll begin back up on November thirteenth. Uh anyway, um so just break down real quick the Sunday games for the NBA. I did a I did I helped screen some calls for the post game show between the Spurs and Celtics. Spurs got their got their second win of the year, ninety five eighty seven over the Celtics. It was it was a little bit interesting late. They got the victory. There were no with weather performances on Sunday. By the way, there were some close ones. Lamarcus Aldridge had twenty four points, fourteen rebounds, and five assists. He was close, but not quite. Uh, the Hawks got a win over the Hornets. The Hornets are zero and three now. The Hawks three and 94 to ninety two. The Hawks get the victory there. Uh, the Heat beat the Rocket in Miami again. The Rockets zero and three, one hundred nine to eighty nine. Again, Hassan Whiteside twenty five points, fifteen rebounds. You talk about a guy who just just gets it done when it comes to his position. He, he's getting it done right now. Uh, again, Miami with the win. Uh, Ra- Raptors, again, undefeated. Bucks they don't have a win yet. Uh, like you said, Jonathan Secupo, 20 points, 9 rebounds. Um, Kyle Lowry had a good game, too, 15 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. But the Raptors get the win, 106-87. Bulls get the win over the Magic. Magic still don't have a victory, but, boy, they've looked good. Bulls are 3-1, 92 87 win over the Magic there in Chicago. Thunder get a decisive win over the Nuggets. Kevin Durant got 25 points and a couple of rebounds there with five assists. The Thunder get the win, 117 to 93. Thunder three and zero heading into this young season. And then the Mavericks getting a win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Julius Randle had a big game, 22 points, 15 rebounds and four assists. Again, not quite a whiteboard worthy performance, but a fantastic one at that. Uh, the Mavericks, uh, Dirk Nowitzki in the win got 25 and nine. In that one. Um, anything on these Sunday games, Andrew, before we get to some college basketball?
1: Uh, Julius Randle looked awesome. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm somebody who's come out and said, I don't think he's going to be all that bag of chips. I think he's going to be a good, solid NBA big man. I, I even went as far as to compare him to Jason Maxfield. Um, You know, I think watching watching him really perform and it's three games, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he does look like he's going to be a very good NBA player. Um, He looks comfortable on the court He looks like he's not scared of these guys Who are going to get really physical with him Which, you know, none of us expected him to be scared He was known for his physicality Um, But, you know, I still don't think he's going to be a star But I think this guy has potential to be very good His team, on the other hand Looks very, very, very bad Uh, Lakers fans, I hate to say I told you so Except for the fact I love to say I told you so Because your team's bad And your team's going to continue to be bad Until Kobe's gone um kobe's one of the greatest players to ever step foot on a basketball court but look at him man he can't get back to the other end of the court on offense you know defensive rebounds happens he's slow getting back on defense on defense he's slow getting back on offense and he's shooting i think like 10 or 11 three-pointers a game that's not acceptable for 30 and it's not prime kobe anymore it's not i'm going to drain three three or 12 threes in a game it's i'm going to take 12 and make three of them maybe uh and it's something where watching him this year so far, I really wish he would have just retired because shooting 35% yeah. from the field, he just looks bad. He, he His legs aren't there. Uh, he's not trying. It doesn't look like he's trying to help these young guys grow by giving them the ball some more. He's still Mamba mentality, which a lot of Kobe fans think is, you know, the greatest thing in the world. But then you watch him. Just steal possessions away from these young guys who are really trying to play basketball the right kind of way, and and it's almost frustrating to watch as a fan of the game and a fan, you know I'm I'm a I'm a Byron Scott fan like a lot of people, but I mean it's just it, it's sad to see him struggle so much. I think he's still averaging 18 points or something like that, but that's off 35 percent shooting and like 20 shots a game. Uh, he needs to I'm I, I at this point. I, I know people are going to call me crazy, and Kobe would never accept this. I would consider putting him as the sixth man, having him play 25 minutes. That way he can come in, get his shots off all he wants. He's taking shots away from bench players in that situation. He wouldn't be taking shots away from D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle. Uh, it's it's just, you know, it's, and this is where Byron Scott needs to step in, but he's a friend of Kobe. I mean, he went three for 15 against the Mavericks. That That's just why are you still shooting. I was right. I said he's shooting 35%. He's shooting 31% from the field and taking 15 to 20 shots a game. It's, it's unacceptable. It's sad to see, but it's something that needs to change if the Lakers want to go and win 25 games this year.
0: Boy, the moment you said six, the moment you said Kobe should move to the sixth man, I just envisioned like Laker fans pulling out their pitchforks, sharpening their knives and getting their getting their blow torches ready to come to the studio here because uh that's what it sounds like to me but no <laughs> I, I i agree with you from the standpoint of uh you know kobe it, we've seen this for the last couple of years ever since he ever since he uh he, he snapped his foot um ever since he he got hurt a couple of years ago three years ago in the playoffs he just he hasn't been the same and it's like you said it's a sad sight to see a legend go go down this way but again kobe's a fighter he's never going to quit and he's never going to give up and um, I really hope that he can find a way to just become uh, a bona fide scorer this year and score you 23, 24 points a game. Just hopefully get to that point again. His shooting percentage has to go up for that to be able to even be a chance. Uh, let's, get to, let's get to some college basketball. Preseason rankings came out today. They are out. They're out in full force. November 2nd, the first rankings for the college basketball season have come out and the coaches poll. I'm just going to give the top 5 in the coaches poll and then I'll run through the top 10 in the AP, maybe even a little further just to get some perspective. USA today coaches poll. Kentucky number 1 not shocking. John Calipari doing his uh doing his uh his his salesman pitch to everyone, probably telling him to vote for his team. North Carolina number 1 tied with Kentucky there. Uh Maryland and Duke uh 3 and 4 and then Kansas at number 5 and then an AP top top 10 for the 25 top 25 north carolina kentucky maryland kansas duke obviously all the big names to get people excited and people you know interested because that's what they have to do to, to sell people in the college basketball world i think i think andrew we're walking into a season in college basketball and then the other top the other top uh 10 teams virginia iowa state oklahoma gonzaga wichita state again small teams gonzaga wichita state Iowa State's a small team. Virginia's a small, really guard-heavy team. Oklahoma is a really good team. We're walking into a college basketball era where parity is turning into a norm, and the powerhouses are disappearing. And when you saw what Kentucky did last year, it was incredible. From the standpoint of almost every team from top to bottom, you can even make the case that the top 35 teams in college basketball all are really the same team. The only difference is is North Carolina, Kentucky, the big schools, they get the big recruits. Outside of that, I mean, they don't get a ton of them. They might get one or two. They don't get all five like they used to. It might be one or two. Big recruits might go to a place like Wichita State. They might go to a place like Indiana, who's number 15 in the top 25, Wisconsin, um, Notre Dame, or LSU. or They might go to a different school these days. And it's it's interesting to see – and to see how the 20, top 25 uh, shapes out, if you want to go check it out, just go to ESPN. They just released it. Michigan, 25 in the AP top 25. They're hanging around. Uh, it's it's interesting um, to see this top 25. There's not a lot of normal powerhouses or where they need to be. I mean, there are. But it's interesting to see, you know, Louisville isn't even in here. I mean, Louisville is, I mean, I don't even see them. And to see that be the case, brothel. it's interesting and, and different, right? Right, right, well, obviously the brothel, but. But uh, it's it's interesting to see. And uh, any t- anything, any take on the college basketball ranking?
1: Yeah, one team that a lot of people won't recognize, well, they'll obviously know the college, big big school, but we'll be shocked to see in the top three is Maryland. Uh, Maryland has yeah. Fab Mello on their team, and he is legit. This guy, I, yeah. I got to watch him play Michigan. Uh, you know being in the Big 10 and this guy can just straight up ball. He's the type of player who can go on a Kemba Walker like run and just carry a team through March. Um Kentucky's going to Kentucky. Uh I like what you said a sales pitch. I consider it more of a sales meeting where he's figuring out how much he can pay these players. That's right, I said it. Um not a fan of Kentucky, not a fan of John Cal Perry. Uh you know, I I, I do actually know some people inside college basketball who told me some stories about that, and it's just not ever good stories about John Calipari. Um, the bag Wichita Wichita who knows where they'll end up um there there's there are teams that come in every year, and you 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 think they're gonna be good, but you're not very sure um you know Virginia I see got a vote for number one, but they're ranked six that's in eight people that's pretty low for a team that you normally don't. You know, you normally don't see a team get a number one vote and still be sixth in the rankings. Uh, the most underrated team, I think, is Cal. Uh, 14 in USA Today and AP. And with that, I, I just think Cal with Dalen Brown and, and just that whole roster and great coach is just something to see. Uh, and, you know, I think they could really move their way. What were you uh, saying? I think Cal could really move their way into the top four or five by the end of the season because I really think that's a good team that could compete in March for a title. Uh, My Michigan Wolverines are going to move up. Uh, I've been watching them the last few years. Uh, Last year, the injury bug got them like crazy. Years before that, they were insanely young or getting carried by Trey Burke. This is now a veteran team. Karras LeVert is a contender for the National Player of the Year, potential lottery pick. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Zach Irvin's just going to improve. Spike Albrecht is now experienced. It, it's a team
0: that has so much
1: to go on, and it's just its very exciting.
0: We'll definitely be pulling more from some college basketball insiders this year because, as you know, college basketball is just I, – I I'm just going to say it the way it is. It is just flooded with information. I mean, you can never have one person co- talk enough about college basketball and what's going on, and obviously two weeks from, a little under two weeks from now, we'll have some college basketball conversation. We might even give our own picks. I'm not 100% sure on what who to pick every year. The only time I really know what's going to happen really in college basketball is right before the conference uh, starts, which conference play this year starts right before Christmas and uh, or right after Christmas, which it seems to do every year. And that's where we will get into our, our, our conversation uh, Andrew, we're up. We're done here on the show. Um, anything you wanna say before we go into tomorrow? Again, tomorrow, Wednesday, same time, uh eleven uh excuse me, eleven AM Pacific, uh two PM Eastern. It'll be on the fourth of uh the third excuse me, November third on a Tuesday. We'll be here. Uh we'll be going up on a Tuesday obviously, and uh we'll be going daily. Andrew anything, anything else you wanna say before we go for tomorrow?
1: So, uh, everybody, look out for the toilet bowl battle tonight between the Mets and the Bucks. Spurs and Knicks, I think, is actually going to be really fun. Uh, whenever the Rockets will be slacked again by the Thunder. But other than that, as I say every time, guys,
0: peace. Yeah, we'll break down those games for you tomorrow. Again, expect those games. Seven games tonight in the NBA. Watch them, get them done. All right, have a good day, everybody.